0: You have people with chest pain sitting in an ER right now because there are no more beds left. Those 23 patients are a glimpse of what we have been doing for the last two weeks while we have been trying to get everybody vaccinated.
1: Well, this sounds like a cheery show. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. We just report the news. I got the feeling something right. We don't make it. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm how I'll get down the stairs
0: Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right Here I am, stuck
2: in the middle with you
1: Oh, hello. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast As heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., also in Red Bluff and Redding, California on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, in Cottage Grove on Ellen Queso, and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV. Come on, New Orleans. Come on, Louisiana. Ah. Out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ in Seattle on KODX, Jamesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com. Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Burden Square Radio, and Detour Talk Blanketing Planet Earth, five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. And yes, we will get to Louisiana in a little bit, but uh, first, uh, New York. New York is um, going through some things today. <laughs> is that, a,
2: that would be a, a very big way, um, way to put it, yes.
1: Hi, Desi Doyen. Hi. Democratic New York Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women and retaliated against one of them that spoke out publicly, according to a report commissioned by State Attorney General Letitia James released on Tuesday. James told reporters, quote, Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women and in doing so violated federal and state law. The harassment included quote, unwelcome and non-consensual touching, according to the report, in addition to comments, uh, quote, of a suggestive and sexual nature from the governor. Investigators say that Cuomo harassed not only his own staff members, but other government employees, including a state trooper, on his protective detail. The probe is part of a stunning downfall for the third-term Empire State governor, who is also being held accountable for uh, the uh, his handling of the virus and allegations of sexual harassment at the same time. On the virus, reporters found that an order he issued forcing nursing homes to accept COVID-19 patients uh, being j- discharged from hospitals last year contributed to the spread of the coronavirus among the state's most vulnerable, and then... Apparently, he misreported the number of deaths in such nursing homes. Meanwhile, on the harassment scandal, the report released on Tuesday identifies 11 women that Cuomo is alleged to have harassed. In the case of the state trooper, Cuomo allegedly had her transferred onto his protective detail after meeting her at an event. Investigators found that Cuomo ran his hands across the trooper's body in several occasions and also asked her to find him a girlfriend. In the case of an unnamed executive assistant, Cuomo allegedly groped the woman multiple times. The woman had initially planned on keeping the alleged harassment secret, quote, to the grave, but decided to speak after seeing the governor say at a March 2021 press conference that he had never, quote, Touched anyone inappropriately. The report documents the results of an 11 hour interview in mid July that Cuomo gave to investigators denying the allegations of impropriety, saying, for example, that the executive assistant initiated the physical contact and that he was, quote, more in the reciprocal business, he told them. The report compiled over nearly five months as the investigators found his responses, quote, contrived the governor's blanket denials and lack of recollection as to specific incidents stood in stark contrast to the strength specificity and corroboration of the complainants recollections as well as the reports of many other individuals who observed uh, who offered observations and experiences of the governor's conduct the report explains Cuomo, the New York Times reported, lashed out at the interviewer during the session, accusing a private attorney deputized deputized by James of being biased. He continued those claims during a videotaped response to all of this today, claiming that, quote, the facts are much different than what has been portrayed and that he, quote, never touched anyone inappropriately or made inappropriate sexual advances. And the prosecutor who was placed in charge of the probe was biased against him for some reason. Cuomo had previously urged those calling for his resignation, including nearly every prominent New York Democrat, including those uh, both in the U.S. House and Senate, to wait for the results of the investigation overseen by the attorney general. But now that the findings are out, And damning, Cuomo is still insisting that he is not going anywhere. Whether that is true after President Joe Biden was asked at uh, an appearance today uh, whether Cuomo should resign and Biden said yes. Whether it is true that Cuomo will not resign still, well, that remains to be seen. The report also focuses on allegations made by Lindsey Boylan, a former Cuomo staffer and 2020 Democratic primary challenger to Congressman Jerry Nadler. Boylan was the first to blow the whistle on alleged harassment by Cuomo. Investigators found that uh, Cuomo took steps to respond uh, to those uh, allegations uh, with uh, a response that constituted, quote, unlawful retaliation. That included distributing to reporters confidential complaints against Boylan from her time as an aide. James's team found that Cuomo's conduct had gone on with impunity largely because he created an atmosphere where speaking out against him would be very, very difficult. The report described it as, quote, a culture within the executive chamber of secrecy, loyalty to the governor and fear as well as the normalization of inappropriate comments and interactions by the governor. The report recounts a message that one female senior staffer left to herself about Cuomo's response to the initial inquiry. Quote, I'm disgusted that Andrew Cuomo, a man who understands subtle power dynamics and power plays better than almost anyone on the planet, is giving this loopy excuse of not knowing he made women feel uncomfortable. The message reads, either he knew exactly what he was doing, likely, or he is so narcissistic that he thought all women wanted these kinds of questions. Crazy excuse even to write it, the aide said. But no, as of now, anyway, Cuomo still says he will not resign, though there has been an effort, as I understand it, in the New York legislature to impeach him. Unfortunately, unlike California, there is no recall provision in New York state, which, uh, you know, th- those recall Provisions are ridiculously being used against our governor, Gavin Newsom, right now. He faces a recall next month, ginned up by Republicans, despite being very popular, actually, among the electorate. And I got to tell you, while I'm old enough to remember the Me Too movement... (laughs) When Democrats would resign from office for even the whiff of inappropriate uh, behavior, sexual behavior of some sort, even, by the way, even when they didn't appear to actually uh, be responsible for any, just ask Minnesota's former U.S. Senator Al Franken. uh, I I guess it feels like we have moved into the Trump era when no matter how many serious, well-documented cases of alleged sexual harassment or even assault, as in Trump's case, That there may be, well, a well-heeled white executive can simply deny his way out of accountability. Or at least Cuomo is trying. We'll see if that holds up in New York. I I don't know, frankly, how it can at this point. And Cuomo had otherwise uh, been preparing to run for a fourth gubernatorial term in the state. He may still be, for all I know. But as the report notes, uh, violations of state and federal law were uh, carried out here. So one wonders if any actual charges will be forthcoming for Cuomo or if, like Trump, simply denying anything and everything is now the way that these matters will be handled and you get off scot-free.
2: Yeah, unlawful retaliation is by definition unlawful, illegal. Yeah, That's kind of a problem. Yeah. So, yeah, he should probably resign before it gets worse. But we shall see it's only it's only the beginning of this phase
1: so yeah new york is going through some things today but that is not the only thing i quickly referenced on yesterday's program a new article at bradblog.com by our legal analyst ernie canning looking at the legal case for whether covid vaccinations could be made compulsory By state or federal officials, if they so choose. Ernie's finding is that, yes, they absolutely can do that and that it absolutely is legal and constitutional to do so. In fact, it's settled federal law, as he describes it, going all the way back to. Uh, the the smallpox epidemic back in 1905 and uh, back to the founding of this country, in fact, when General George Washington ordered inoculations for the Continental Army and Navy beginning in 1775. So for those people who who I've seen saying, oh, it would be uh, unthinkable that the founders could never imagine the idea of a vaccine mandate, well, not only could they imagine it, they saw it carried out by General George Washington. Uh, you may not like it, but yeah, that's the facts. And while what New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio announced on Tuesday falls short of compulsory shots that mandate the vaccines amid a deadly fourth surge of COVID happening right now in this country and in New York City, uh, his announcement will make a Darn difficult uh, to do much in New York City without getting one's shots. New York City will soon require proof of vaccination for various leisure indoor activities at restaurants, gyms, performances. They will become the first major city in the U.S. to do so. Mayor Bill de Blasio made the announcement at a Tuesday morning press conference. The program, also known as the key to new york city pass as he explained will be implemented uh beginning in mid august during a transition period before it will be fully enforced uh the, the uh the week of september 13
3: vaccination has made the difference this is the whole ball game everyone so today i announce a new approach which we're calling the key to nyc pass the key to new york city The key to NYC pass will be a first in the nation approach. It will require vaccination for workers and customers in indoor dining, in indoor fitness facilities, indoor entertainment facilities. This is going to be a requirement. The only way to patronize these establishments indoors will be if you're vaccinated, at least one dose. The same for folks in terms of work. They'll need at least one dose. This is crucial because we know that this will encourage a lot more vaccination. We've seen it already. We've seen the impact of the mandate we've put in place for city workers, already starting to move people to vaccination. We've obviously seen the positive impact of incentive as well. The goal here is to convince everyone that this is the time. If we're gonna stop the Delta variant, the time is now. And that means getting vaccinated right now. This new policy will be phased in over the coming weeks. So we've been working with the business community, getting input, we're gonna do more over the next few weeks. The final details of the policy will be announced and implemented in the week of August 16th. So over the next couple of weeks, getting more feedback, finalizing the policy, publishing it, and beginning to implement it. We'll then spend most of a month educating people, going out to businesses, receiving calls from businesses, answering questions and concerns, making sure everyone understands the new approach. And then on September 13th, during that week, we'll begin inspections and enforcement. So we want to give businesses, big and small, a chance to get acclimated. We want to make adjustments based on their input. But this will move forward starting in the week of August 16th, and then full enforcement and inspection begins the week of September 13th which is very pertinent because that's the first full week after Labor Day when we really expect a lot more activity in this city. Now, I'll tell you, we know those conversations with the business community are crucial. We've had a lot of them already. What we're hearing from so many folks in the business community is they understand it's time, but they need government to lead. That's going to help them to do what they need to do. Not everyone's going to agree with this. I understand that. But for so many people this is gonna be the life saving act that we're putting a mandate in place. It's gonna guarantee a much higher level of vaccination in this city. And that is the key to protecting people and the key to our recovery.
1: Easy for him to say. That is the (laughs) outgoing New York City Mayor, Bill de Blasio, who is uh, not going to be around there much longer. That is the latest attempt uh, by the mayor to encourage more people to get vaccinated against COVID. Last week, he required city workers to get vaccinated or face weekly testing. So it's not actually a mandate. Uh, If you don't have to do it, you just have to do something else. You have to face weekly testing or in the case of restaurants, you don't have to get a shot, apparently, but you can't go into the restaurant or the show or the sporting event, whatever it is.
2: Yeah, you lose your privileges, essentially, if you don't have this passport.
1: He's also offered $100 as an incentive uh, for New Yorkers to get their shots. So, uh, hey, Radio Free Brooklyn listeners, go get your shots and get 100 bucks to go with it. Feel free to share your donations if you don't want that <laughs> dirty money at bradblog.com slash donate. <laughs> Uh, About 70 percent of all adults in New York City have already received at least one vaccine dose. Sixty six percent are fully vaccinated, according to city uh, data. So they're actually already doing pretty well in New York, New York City, compared to much of the rest of the nation. In any event, it's not a surprise uh, that they would be doing so well after they became sort of a post apocalyptic Hellscape Epicenter for the disease early on last year. They know how bad this can get firsthand. It's not just something that they saw on TV in New York City. They actually saw the, you know, the actual emergency refrigerated morgue trucks stacked up outside of hospitals last year. Whether they will appreciate this sort of mandate, well, that remains to be seen. New Yorkers will need to provide a vaccination paper card uh, or use the city's COVID-19 safe app or the state's Excelsior app in order to prove their vaccination status when this all kicks in in September, uh, which could prove to be a mess of its own as our tracking systems for all of this are haphazard at best right now around the country. As the, frankly, as the Democrats have been stupid enough to fall for the GOP Fox News push against so-called vaccine passports, which don't actually exist, but arguably should exist. I hope to speak with a guest on uh, on tomorrow's broadcast who has been doing some reporting uh, and, and told me that he's very concerned that things are actually much worse right now. Not just in New York, but all over the country, that they are much worse than officials are currently even letting on right now uh, with the rise of the Delta variant. Um, that is certainly true in places like Florida where they recently broke both their all-time daily infection record and hospitalization record. That is the record for all time in Florida, not just during the recent rise of the Delta variant. This after we have safe, effective, plentiful vaccines available. As I noted yesterday as well, these concerns have begun to spark at least a small uptick in vaccination rates around the country. That's good, including in the Trumpiest of states with the currently lowest rates of vaccination and the highest surge in infections and hospitalizations and deaths right now. Still, uh all mostly among the unvaccinated, which is what makes this fourth surge, frankly, so maddening. It did not have to happen. We have done this to ourselves. Or rather, the voluntarily unvaccinated have done this to themselves and. To everybody else who is vaccinated and, 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 you know, as as we've been sharing in these heartbreaking stories over the past several weeks. And yes, we do so again today. A husband and wife who did not trust the COVID-19 vaccine changed their minds. Oh, that's good. When they ended up in the ICU. Not so good. By that point, it was too late for vaccination and now they are begging relatives to make sure that their children get the shots. Lydia Rodriguez and her husband, Lawrence of Lamarck, Texas, Mm. were both admitted to the hospital nearly three weeks ago with the virus. Family members say, according to ABC 11 in Raleigh, North Carolina, Lydia's cousin, Dottie Jones, says, quote, we've been told they are very, very, very Very sick. And if they do survive, she says, it's going to be a long, long road. Jones said the couple had not been vaccinated for COVID-19. They didn't believe in vaccines, she said. And you tried to talk to them and she just didn't like that, didn't trust it, I guess. Once she was in the ICU, Lydia changed her mind about the vaccine and asked to get it. But doctors told her Say it with me. It was too Too late. late. Jones said before uh, uh, Lydia got intubated, one of the last things she told her sister was, please make sure my children get vaccinated. It's hard to do that in hindsight, she said, to think that. Uh, She wouldn't be there. She would be there for her kids right now if she had been vaccinated. Jones says she shares this uh, in, in she shares all of this in hopes of other families not ending up like hers. She said, I'm just tired of the anti-vax rhetoric that is causing so many, like my cousin and her family, to not get vaccinated. As Lydia and Lawrence remain in the ICU on ventilators, Jones and other family members are helping with the Rodriguez's four children. Four children. A uh, GoFundMe site has been set up to help with medical costs and bills because, you know, it's Texas. Yep. Yep. So good luck with that as well. Our hearts are just broken, said Jones. We hurt for the kids, we hurt for them, and we just want them better and home. Well, me too. And I don't want our listeners, like uh, the caller who called in yesterday and seemed to think that this was some kind of a joke, That, you know, he had the real inside skinny about all of this, you know, what a great hoax this was or something. I don't even I don't even want him to find out how wrong he was after it is too late to take the life saving vaccine, because by the time you realize you were wrong, it is too late. And it's also now affecting once again everyone else Including those who don't have COVID, who are vaccinated, but who don't have COVID. The U.S. states of Florida and Louisiana were at or near their highest hospitalization numbers of the coronavirus pandemic on Monday, driven by the still spreading Delta variant. As one doctor warned of the darkest days yet, more than 10,000 patients were hospitalized in Florida as of Sunday, surpassing that state's record. And as Reuters reported last night, Louisiana was expected to break its record within 24 hours, prompting Governor John Bel Edwards, a Democrat, to order residents to wear masks again indoors. Well, it's about time. At a news conference with the governor in Baton Rouge on Monday, Dr. Catherine O'Neill, chief medical officer of Louisiana's largest hospital, Our Lady of the Lake in Baton Rouge, delivered a dire report on the situation hitting that state's hospitals. She warned that the surge of patients seriously ill with the COVID Delta variant are crowding out patients who are not infected with COVID. This is like deja vu all over again. It's incredible that we are doing this to ourselves even now, even now that there is a miracle drug that largely could put a stop to all of this. But they're crowding out patients not infected with COVID due to the inaction of those who will not mask up and will not get vaccinated.
0: When I left the hospital earlier, there were 23 patients on the board waiting for a transfer into our hospital for an ICU bed. Those are the ones that I looked at first. There's no reason to even look at the med surge beds. They're never gonna get here. But you look at every single one of those ICU beds and you spend all day trying to figure out how you can staff another one. Those are 23 people sitting in an ER somewhere. Many of those ERs are not attached to a hospital at all. There is only an ER physician. Many of those ERs are attached to a hospital that does not have a critical care doctor, or a subspecialty cardiologist or a subspecialty surgeon you have people with chest pain sitting in an ER right now where their families sit in the waiting room and they are wringing their hands and they're calling everybody they know do you know somebody who works at the lake can they get me in do you know somebody who works at Oxnard? can they get me in and they will do that for days and that patient will lose muscle they will lose years of their life but they will stay in that ER because there are no more beds left Those 23 patients are a glimpse of what we have been doing for the last two weeks while we have been trying to get everybody vaccinated. And it's not helping enough because it's not happening fast enough. And when you come inside our walls, it is quite obvious to you that these are the darkest days of this pandemic. We are no longer giving adequate care to patients. That has also stopped, and you heard from each of these physicians that we no longer think we're giving adequate care to anybody because these are the darkest days of the pandemic. How do I get those patients to this hospital? How do I open beds? Vaccination is going to get us there, but it will not get us there fast enough. and We will lose our friends and our colleagues because of it. But if we put on our masks, as we've done through the last several surges, we will see a decrease in hospitalizations again, and that will give us time for the vaccinated to work. Those who got vaccinated in the last two weeks already have protection, and I doubt that I will ever see them in our hospital due to COVID-19. And if you get vaccinated today and you mask up, I doubt that I'll ever see you. Yesterday, I drove down 190, which is one of my favorite drives. And we got to see um, some rice being cut, which uh, my father's a farmer, so that is one of my favorite scenes. We drove behind some people who were driving motorcycles, and it was the end of the day, so it was tolerable. We drove past some kids who uh, were on their four-wheelers. looked like they were having a great time. Usually that is an incredibly enjoyable drive, and all I could think about was that I have seen people in four-wheeler accidents and motorcycle accidents and farming accidents in the last two weeks who sat in their ERs in their small towns. Those are my people. Those are your family members, and when they get maimed today, they're not coming to a trauma center because there are no more beds. We have 67 empty beds in our hospital because we can't find any staff. We have a federal unit on the ground who usually I meet at the PMAC during a hurricane, but now they're inside our hospital and we can't even open beds with them because so many of our staff are out with COVID-19. We are out of things in our pocket to open beds. We need you to open our beds for us. Please do that by getting vaccinated today, which will help us open beds in the next several weeks and by putting your mask on today which will help us open beds soon. How soon? I don't know. We've never used a combination of masking and vaccination. We've always had to shut down other things, and we're not going to do that this time. We're going to ask you to vaccinate and to mask instead. But if we all do it right now, our numbers will be better. Our beds will open, and we will gladly take the baton back from you and start to work on opening our beds ourselves. But right now we need... You to do that for us. We're asking everybody in every single parish all over Louisiana today to put your mask on and to go get a vaccine. Thank you.
1: So, like I said, uh, it's, it's deja, deja vu all over again. It's like we're back in April of of 2020. Let's flatten the curve. Put on a mask to flatten the curve. Or January of 2021 again. Completely unnecessary. Because of those of you who voluntarily are choosing not to get your shots. Increasing the ability of variants to take hold and become more dangerous and preventing everyone else, again, from being able to use hospitals for regular life-saving needs that have nothing to do with COVID. And, of course, uh, it's beginning to look like all of this is also now going to require those of us who did bother to get vaccinated to have to get a third Third shot to stay safe. Laurie Garrett, an excellent longtime Pulitzer Prize winning science reporter, reported at Foreign Policy magazine over the weekend. The world has fought many battles against the novel coronavirus since January 2020, losing more than 4.2 million people and vanquishing some of its spread. But the war, she writes, is still raging and will do so for a long time. I predicted early last year in a best case scenario that we would face a 36 month battle before COVID-19 could be considered under human control. We are only now in month 19, she writes. Sure enough, the U.S. is again awash in virus with the incidence of new COVID-19 cases having soared 131 percent in the third week of July alone. To be clear, she says the vaccines available work well. But it's likely that waning vaccine efficacy, coupled with a stubborn one fifth of the adult population refusing any immunization, has opened the door for the dangerous mutant Delta variant of SARS-CoV-2 to wreak havoc among the vaccinated and unvaccinated alike. That's why the U.S., she argues, is going to need a third dose of the mRNA vaccines. For the nation's older population, she reports, the triple play is already overdue, she says. She quotes Stanley Plotkin, considered the godfather of vaccinology, saying, quote, I don't just I don't see the virus just disappearing. Garrett says the University of Pennsylvania vaccine inventor and immunologist told her that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, should comply with requests from Pfizer should follow Israel's example and immediately approve third dose immunization for adults over the age of 60 with general triple dosing for all Americans to follow. Evidence, she reports, now points in an alarming new direction, suggesting that fully vaccinated individuals can carry the Delta variant in their noses and mouths, shedding in some cases just as much virus to infect others, as do unvaccinated infected individuals. Moreover, in the absence of fully-affected vaccination of better than 75% of adults, a society may act as a herd of walking petri dishes, cultivating immune-escape mutant forms of SARS-CoV-2, that is, mutants that evade existing vaccines. Urgent action is required, she says, from the FDA, the CDC and their counterparts in Europe and Canada and other parts of the world that have already widely administered vaccine, she argues, based on her detailed reporting and recommending the usage of masks while necessary, she says, is no longer enough. The message must be that if you hadn't had a second shot, it's time to start planning to get a third now, I don't know, of course, if she's right, but she has a record of knowing what the hell she's talking about Yes. on this stuff. Uh, but again, even though the vaccinated will pay a price for this, the blame should fall on the voluntarily unvaccinated, as respectful as I try to be with them. Given how so much of this is not actually their fault because they have been so purposely disinformed and manipulated by so many who absolutely do know better but do not care. TPM's Josh Marshall over the weekend cited an opinion piece by Leanna Wen, a physician and former public health commissioner uh, in Baltimore who's been a prominent public voice during COVID. Wen's argument. Uh, In this piece is essentially this, writes uh, Josh. Yes, there seems to be new data that vaccinated people can transmit the virus, but the vast majority of transmission is still being done by the unvaccinated. So why are the vaccinated being asked to mask up again when they clearly are not the main problem? When writes the vaccinated are not a major source of spread, even if every vaccinated person puts on a mask, that's not going to solve things when the vast majority of transmission is by the unvaccinated. And that is the actual problem that the CDC is trying to solve. It wants to get the unvaccinated to put on masks in indoor spaces Without proof of vaccination, however, the only way to reliably do this is to ask the vaccinated to also don our masks. Relying on the honor system was a big fail. And the best way to curb the current surge is to get everyone to mask up again. So, yes, once again, the vaccinated are carrying the burden of the unvaccinated. You're welcome. In the bargain, it's causing confusion and doubt about the CDC itself, causing uh, public health authorities to bring their own authority into contempt because of too aggressive coddling of the unvaccinated at the cost of their public authority. That at a time that we can least afford it. We all suffer for that, Josh Marshall correctly notes. He goes on, as I've been saying for some time, The problem with our policy is that we are not doing enough to place the burden of non-vaccination squarely on the voluntarily unvaccinated. He says the science clearly has changed with the Delta variant. It's much more transmissible. But the problem remains that Delta is spreading like wildfire among the unvaccinated, and it is now lapping up onto the shores of vaccinated America. He writes, we need to be placing the burdens of non-vaccination on the unvaccinated and we need to be clear with the public that the problem is the non-vaccinated. They are at fault. They are to blame. And even more, Josh argues, and I wholeheartedly agree here, the public influencers, the celebrities and the political actors who have driven the resistance to vaccination, yes, they are to blame. They absolutely are. And I'm happy to call them out as such, and I will continue to try to do so in the days ahead because this is getting very bad. And while we're all wringing our hands and trying to accept responsibility, and those of us who are vaccinated have to now mask up, this is affecting everyone. And it doesn't need to. It didn't need to. We have vaccines for this. We could have crushed this thing. As uh, Tony Fauci said, has been saying for a long time, but we are not. And there are certain people to blame, the people who are not vaccinated and the people who are hoaxing them into believing they should not get vaccinated. All right. Quick break here. Running long. uh, Hopefully a change of topic here. I can't promise it'll be any more fun. Though there is a green news report ahead, and that, uh, as uh, Desi once said, is like a bunch of monkeys having a bunch of monkey fun, or whatever she said, <laughs> something like that. All of that straight ahead on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman.
2: What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com/donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com/donate, and thanks.
1: Welcome back. The cool jazz hour on the (laughs) broadcast. Brad Friedman from BradBlog.com. A couple of updates just since uh, we took that break, uh, Desi Doyen. One New York lawmakers, according to the New York Times, expect to conclude an impeachment inquiry into Governor Andrew Cuomo soon. Quote, he can no longer remain in office says the Assembly Speaker. So uh, watch for some impeachment and or resignation action uh, in New York. Also, uh, in the first block there, I, ha- I mentioned Florida. I mentioned Louisiana. Somehow I let your uh, home state of Texas des going off the hook, and I apologize for that.
2: Yeah, they should not be let off the no, hook, No, they sadly. should
1: not. We must hold them accountable, specifically their governor, their governor mm-hmm. and Florida, go- Florida's governor, who uh, just a few minutes ago, uh, uh, President Joe Biden mentioned uh, in his remarks at the White House. The
0: escalation of cases is particularly concentrated in states with low vaccination rates. Just two states, Florida and Texas, account for one third of all new COVID 19 cases in the entire country. Just two states. Look, we need leadership from everyone. If some governors aren't willing to do the right thing to beat this pandemic, and they should allow businesses and universities who want to do the right thing to be able to do it. I say to these governors, please help. But if you aren't going to help, at least get out of the way of the people who are trying to do the right thing. Use your power to save lives.
1: Use your power for good. Instead of evil, as they say. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, referencing their uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott and uh, Florida Governor and uh, presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis, both of whom have put restrictions on, you know these these guys who these right wingers who pretend to believe in small government. The people on the ground know best. You know they put in 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 law uh, these 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 restrictions on cities, counties, Putting health restrictions in place to keep their own residents alive. Companies putting restrictions. What happened? So know, much
2: for local control?
1: So much for local control, so much for freedom. If a company wants to say, no, you, a uh, uh, cruise company in Florida, you know, you can't come on our cruises unless you can prove that you're vaccinated, they should be allowed to do so. It is their company. Get out of their way, Ron DeSantis. I hope to talk more about Ron DeSantis tomorrow. Well, I just
2: want to add one other thing on this is that it's also anti-business is how I look at it, because these businesses that pay for, say, the health insurance of their employees, if an employee gets sick because some customer doesn't want to get vaccinated, doesn't want to wear a mask indoors, and the business cannot mandate a a mask indoors, then their employees get sick. That business owner has costs related to
1: that. And apparently they can't tell their employees to get uh, vaccinated either, uh, even though it's perfectly legal if they choose to do so, unless you live in a state where the governor has decreed or passed a law that, no, you can't, you may not do that. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, well, we'll call DeSantis out hopefully a little bit tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, <laughs> I suspect. Just uh, lighten things up here a little bit. Just weeks after its launch, the pro-Trump social media network created by one of Trump's, until very recently, former top aides social media uh, network calling itself Getter, G-E-T-T-R, Getter, Getter, Mm -hmm. I guess is what that's supposed to mean. Uh, Actually, it's closer to gutter. Uh, It is inundated with terrorist propaganda being (laughs) spread by supporters of wait for it. ISIS. ISIS is apparently all over. Donald Trump's new social media network that according to a Politico review of online activity at the fledgling platform, the social network started a month ago by members of former Trump, uh, President Donald Trump's inner circle features reams of jihadi related material, including graphic videos of beheadings. Viral memes that promote violence against the West and even memes of a militant executing Donald Trump in an orange jumpsuit similar to those used in Guantanamo Bay. Because, hey, they wanted free speech in their social media. Am I right? The rapid proliferation of such material is placing Getter in the awkward position of providing a safe haven for jihadi extremists online as it attempts to establish itself as a free speech MAGA alternative to sites like Facebook and Twitter. It underscores the challenges facing Trump and his followers in the wake of his ban from the mainstream social media platforms following the January 6th Trump incited Capitol Hill riots. While uh, uh, Getter, Getter does not provide access to its data to track the spread or virality of such extremist material on his platform, Politico found at least... 250 accounts that had posted regularly on the platform since early July, promoting ISIS and other jihadi themes. In the the months uh, since he was kicked off of Twitter and suspended from Facebook, Trump has sought alternative ways to engage with his base online, while his supporters decamped to other online venues, including the social networks Parler and Gab and another one set up by the My Pillow guy where they could all express themselves without facing increased scrutiny. Trump's apparent own efforts to create an internet bullhorn has fallen flat. In May, he launched his own blog titled From the Desk of Donald J. Trump, but that was taken down just weeks later amid widespread ridicule and poor readership. So far, Getter, has been the highest profile pro-Trump platform launch, given the names behind it, including Jason Miller, the former Trump spokesperson. He's the chief executive. The site is partially funded by a Chinese business partner of uh, former Trump adviser Steve Bannon. Uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, right. Matt Gates, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, all of those folks have Mike Pompeo. They've all signed up for accounts on this uh, site. But Trump himself uh, is not directly involved in the operation, nor has he officially signed up. To the platform. The social network has touted a quote free speech policy that purportedly would allow users to fully express themselves without the censorship of the tech giants. Yet, this MAGA exodus to fringe social networks that champion unfettered speech has also caught the attention of supporters of the Islamic State and other jihadist groups, according to extremism experts. In response to questions about jihadi material being shared on Getter. Jason Miller told Politico that ISIS was attacking the MAGA movement because Trump had destroyed the group militarily. Larger platforms like Facebook and Twitter, they all now work with the Global Internet Forum to Counterterrorism, an industry-funded nonprofit which shares terrorist content between the companies via a database of extremist material accessible to its members so that the material can be taken down as quickly as possible. However, Getter Has yet to sign up because, you know, free speech wouldn't want to censor anybody, though. The site has uh, had a notoriously spotty uh, record in moderating users uh, on the platform in its earliest days. It was flooded with a wide spectrum of pornography. Miller, Miller has drawn the line, he draws the line at doxing or sharing other people's addresses or advocating physical harm. That's a step too far.
2: Okay, so they do have a line somewhere.
1: They Apparently they do, they just don't enforce it for whatever reason.
2: Gosh, they're finding that content moderation is difficult? It's difficult.
1: The overall amount of terrorist propaganda The Politico found on Getter represented a mere fraction, they say, of the mostly right-wing content, which also includes the promotion of the Proud Boys and their white supremacist movement. More mainstream conservative influencers and policymakers like Sean Hannity and Mike Pompeo, they also regularly post on the platform. On the terrorist platform.
2: Great company.
1: I'm sure they feel right at home. Inshallah. Uh, So far, uh, Islamic uh, state supporters are enjoying their incursion into Getter and the possible new audience they could reach there. Quote, we will come at you with slaying and explosions, you worshipers of the cross, wrote an account whose name referenced the extremist group, adding, quote, how great is freedom of expression. (laughs) Uh, As uh, as uh, by the way, as as Ryan Broderick at Garbage Day uh, argued about all of this, uh, he said, I'm also beginning to wonder if all of these apps are their own grift in a way loudly launch a site that no one will ever use. Claim it's a free speech sanctuary for Republicans. Do the rounds on all the right wing news outlets and wait for it to fill up with the worst people on Earth. Refuse to moderate it. And wait for Apple to ban it from the App Store and then you can go back to the right wing news outlets and screech about liberal cancel culture impacting your ability to share uh, pornography with white nationalist flat earthers or whatever.
2: And still make your payday throughout that entire time.
1: It's all about the payday, ain't it? That's all it's about, that's all it ever has been about. By the way, go check out Jane Mayer's new piece at New Yorker on the uh on the scam behind the Arizona pretend audit theater and how it's all the same money, all the same groups, all
2: the same billionaires, all
1: the same billionaires uh, who are doing all of the PR for it, the legal work for it. They're, they're even in the Arizona state Senate. Now they've gotten themselves election uh, elected. It is all one great big grift. God bless America. Quick break. And we're back with green news report on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. I know what everyone is uh, saying to themselves listening to today today's show. What? Oh man, we are so screwed. <laughs> we are so screwed in this country, and they would be right. They would be right to say that, but we mustn't. Uh, we mustn't uh, be, become despaired. Yeah, because it
2: doesn't get anything it, done. It
1: does not get anything done. We got to keep moving forward. But you know, it's just you know. I ju- the way I sort of judge it is when the Green News Report is the best news of the show. <laughs> America is so screwed. We are just so screwed. Anyway, let's get to it. Our latest Green News report. The fact is America can't wait any longer. Our roads and bridges are crumbling beneath
3: our feet.
2: Looks like Infrastructure Week is finally happening. County in Washington State passes America's first ever ban on new fossil fuel infrastructure. Plus, massive new wildfires force evacuations in Greece, Turkey, and Italy.
1: All of those stories and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman.
2: And I'm Desi Doyen.
1: Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. I am not worried. I live in California. The coronavirus in the air is killed by the smoke from the fires. So I... See? Uh, Everything works out just fine. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Tizzy Doyen, maybe, maybe, maybe. We're actually going to see an infrastructure bill passed? Really? Maybe. Maybe. But first,
2: a wildfire's aftermath has led to the closure of a major U.S. interstate highway indefinitely. Interstate 70 through the Rocky Mountains near Glenwood Springs, Colorado, has been shut down after torrential rains caused a massive mudslide on a mountain slope that burned in last year's record wildfire season, trapping about 100 motorists in their cars overnight. Really? Now, all were evacuated safely, but... Colorado officials called the mudslide damage, quote, unlike anything we've ever seen before.
1: And I have driven many times on that uh, Interstate 70 through Glenwood in Colorado. It is beautiful. It shut down... Indefinitely.
2: Yes, it could take months to repair and now requires hours-long detours, some through Wyoming. Oh,
1: man.
2: So that climate-related shutdown arrives just in time for Infrastructure Week, which appears to be actually happening for reals this time. After becoming a running joke in the Trump administration, Senate Democrats released details of the nearly $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill, which contains $550 billion in new spending over five years to repair repair the nation's crumbling roads, bridges, water and wastewater infrastructure including replacing all of the nation's lead service lines. Environment related provisions include Billions in funding for passenger rail And public transit An electric vehicle charging network All electric school buses Cleanup of Superfund and Brownfield sites Transmission lines and modernizing The electric grid Carbon capture technologies Advanced battery research Drought mitigation And coal mine cleanup and reclamation
1: This is a big deal And it's the smaller of the two Infrastructure packages they're talking about
2: Yes, if this bipartisan bill attracts 10 Senate Republican votes to win passage, it would constitute the largest investment in America since the 1950s. However, Republican Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell on Monday indicated that Republicans plan to drag out the process.
3: Uh oh! Our full consideration of this bill must not be choked off by any artificial timetable that our Democratic colleagues may have penciled out for political purposes.
1: Well, too bad. Take as long as they want. Chuck Schumer is not letting them go home for their August recess until they pass this bill.
2: Now, remember this is separate from the much larger 3.5 trillion dollar Democrats only budget reconciliation deal, which can be passed in the Senate with a simple majority vote. But conservative Democratic senators Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Cinema of Arizona both have been saying that they have issues with that 3.5 trillion dollar price tag.
1: Oh, they have Issues, all right.
2: In other news, the climate hits just keep on coming. Last week, Greenland's ice sheet saw a surge in melting during another Arctic heat wave in a single day, releasing enough meltwater to cover the entire state of Florida in two inches of water. Wow. Six regions around the world are now grappling with massive wildfires driven by extreme heat and drought, intensified by man made climate change. The U.S. West, Ontario, Canada, Russian Siberia, and now a ring of fire around the Mediterranean as more than 800 wildfires burn in Greece, Mm. Turkey, and Italy, causing hundreds of millions of dollars in damages and forcing the evacuations of thousands from tourist resorts.
1: You know, this climate change thing is starting to be a problem.
2: But some good news. Renewable energy was the second biggest source of electricity generation in the U.S. in 2020, surpassing polluting coal and coming in second only to now natural gas, according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration. Renewables were responsible for about 21 percent of all electricity generated in the U.S. in 2020. Natural gas was number one at around 40 percent of output.
1: Natural gas, we're coming for you.
2: Finally, a victory for activists and anything that breathes in Washington state. The Whatcom County Council just voted to permanently prohibit the approval of any new fossil fuel infrastructure and restrict expansion of existing fossil fuel facilities. The move was spearheaded by new council members who, in 2013, worked to defeat a polluting coal export facility and then decided to run for office in their own
1: community. Nice. Elections matter. Way to go, Whatcom county for much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com find follow and share us planet wide on the facebooks and the twitters at green news report i'm brad friedman and i'm desi Doyon, and this has been your green news report
0: and it burns burns burn
1: the ring of fire the ring of fire Perfect ending to the Green News Report. Yes. Uh, Ring of fire, uh, all sorts of meanings today. Indeed. In- including a uh, uh, hat tip and nod to my friend Bobby Kennedy Jr., my radio colleague, the anti-vaxxer. He's a friend, but sadly, he is helping to kill people right now by uh, denying uh, vaccinations. And so I said I was going to call out the influencers, even when they're my friends. There you go. All right, we got to get out. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doy, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. It is always appreciated. It is always an honor. If you missed any portion of today's show or any other, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. You uh, Oh, and I hope while you're there, you will stop at bradblog.com slash donate. Again, with all that dirty money you get, that $100 for getting vaccinated, feel free to <laughs> donate. bradblog.com slash donate. We would welcome it. You help us stay on your public airwaves. Drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am BradBlog. I will see you there until we see you here next time. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.
3: I fell into a burning ring of fire.
1: I went down, 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 and the flames went higher. And it
3: burns, burns, burns the ring of fire.